you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Our next guest is one of the co-founders of Black Coffee, the first Black-owned coffee retailer to accept cryptocurrency. Welcome, Katrina Taylor. Dr. Francis, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. I want to give you a correction. It's Katarina, but please feel free to call me Kat. Katarina, thank you for the correction. I stand corrected. No. And that's beautiful. So I will call you Kat so I do not butcher your name. (laughs) No problem. Thank you. We want to give a shout out to the other co-founder. So why don't you talk about your co-founder and please share with our audience what you want them to know, want them to know about Black Coffee and your business. So, yes. So um, Brad Hill is the other co-founder and the business is Hot Coffee. Um, Hot Coffee is, you know, we we both enjoy traveling. He's traveled to some really amazing places. I, too, have traveled to some really amazing places. But we discovered that when we had conversations about our travels, we always made sure that we had coffee no matter where we went. You know, you travel on vacation, you have breakfast. So we tried we tried coffee in really lots of different countries. And so um, as we thought about it, you know, during the pandemic, we were having a conversation one day and I said, you know, I would, you know, really maybe like to start a coffee vending machine or something around coffee. And he was like, why don't we just do coffee? Why don't we just sell coffee? Um, You know, we could create our own coffee company. And so we started thinking about how to do that. And it took us really a year to find like the best beans. Where would they come from? You know, what name would we want? What kind of packaging, you know, what we want to have, the the look, the feel, the brand, um, how do we really engage all senses? Um, obviously, coffee, for most people, coffee smells amazing. So, but we also wanted something different. You know, I grew up in the grocery store business. My father was an entrepreneur. So, you know, being in the grocery store business, you know, looking at all the different products on the shelves. How does our product stand apart? Because as you may know, the coffee company, the coffee business or industry, there's a lots of coffee companies. As a matter of fact, between 2020 and 2021, 166 million bags of coffee were sold across the country. So that will tell you there's lots of people in the coffee market. And so we decided, you know, we just want to make sure we have a really great cup of coffee. We wanted to simplify the options that people had, but we still wanted to make sure that people got a had the choice of having a really great gourmet cup of coffee. So, so Brad and I, he's a smart guy. His background is in IT, but his mother was also an entrepreneur, much like my father. So, I think we both have an entrepreneurial spirit, and um, you know, we've we've had our own individual separate businesses. So, we decided together. And even for your audience, as you all are thinking about potentially going into business or you already have a business, we just thought, you know, we would like to do a business together. You know, you have somebody that's always going to support, somebody that can help you with decision making, um, and you just have a second person there always to support you. So we started Hot Coffee, and it's been a really great journey. We've learned a lot about the coffee business. We're still learning a lot about the coffee business. And as you said earlier in your intro, you know, coffee is a commodity. So that's certainly something that, you know, we're, you know, we thought about. But as we think about the future of commerce, 
you know, we wanted to make sure that our coffee was at the forefront of what the changing, you know, commerce landscape across the across the world, not just in this country, but across the globe. And so we wanted to make sure that we could accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment to be able to purchase and consume our coffee. So that's really uh, an exciting opportunity as well. And um, certainly want to talk more about that, Dr. Richards. So let's just jump into it. When you talk about accepting cryptocurrency and at your coffee shop, why was that important? And talk about how did you go about making that happen? So, um, so there's several different cryptocurrency platforms and, and, and Brad and I will tell you, we are definitely not experts in the cryptocurrency or blockchain world. And we, we are actually, we don't have a shop right now. We just sell our coffee. We're just, we're just an e-commerce platform for now, but we are looking for, we're, we're doing some site selections now for the future, um, future uh, place of our coffee company or our coffee shop. But there are lots of different platforms. The platform that we chose to use is Coinbase. People may have heard of that. They have several different cryptocurrencies that, you know, it's a, it's a platform where you can buy different types of cryptocurrency. Um, many people will know if you're engaged in cryptocurrency, um, if you have that type of platform, you can actually have a cryptocurrency card, uh, very similar to like a Visa, uh, Visa debit card or a debit card. So um, as coffee drinkers are very different ages, right? You know, you've got coffee drinkers in the boomer generation, generation X. Um, but we thought about how coffee, how different generations consume coffee. And so most people in the, you know, generation X or um, gener the boomer generation and even some millennials, they actually like to make their own coffee at home. But the younger generations, the zennials, the, 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 the millennials, they like their coffee on the go. They want a convenient cup of great coffee on the go. But they're also very much engaged in cryptocurrency. How do we make those two worlds collide? How do we deliver to our to our consumers, to our customers, to our prospective customers? You know, two things that they um to, that they make a priority is, you know, coffee, which they like to consume, but more so it's the convenience of coffee. And they're so, so very much immersed and engaged in cryptocurrency. So we thought those two things together would certainly attract, you know, a new and upcoming generation of coffee drinkers. And we wanted to be the, the first to kind of capture that market. So Kat, you talked about there's a lot of people that are that's in the coffee space. How do you stand out? So I think that's just it. You know, um, that's the reason why we created hot coffee. It, it's very simple. There is a lot of people in the coffee space. There's so many complicated coffee offerings right now in the retail market. You can go into the grocery store and you can see shelves from the top to the bottom of coffee offerings. And so, with that, how do you decide? You know, you may like, you may like this, you, you, you'll read a coffee, you'll hear it, and it sounds like a dessert. And it's like, oh, that, that sounds great. But you don't necessarily know if it's a dark roast or if it's a medium roast, if it's a light roast. Um, you know, each of those roasts gives you a different level of caffeine. So you may be choosing a roast that sounds like a good dessert, but it may not have as much caffeine as you want, or it may have more caffeine than you actually want. So we wanted to simplify the, the gourmet coffee market. And so we came up with hot coffee, very simple, right? And then our bags are 
beautiful. They are very beautiful. Like I said, we really wanted to engage the sensories of everything, not just, you know, smell, but touch and sight when we looked at our bags and when we designed our bags, but they're easy. I mean, it's, you got hot coffee, dark, hot coffee, medium and hot coffee, light. And then we offer a decaf option. It has all the tasting notes on each of the bags. So it's a very simple way to choose the kind of gourmet coffee that, you know, you would want to consume. So we simplified. If you look at our bags and you compare them to what's on the market now, your eyes just kind of go to our bags. They're simple, they're beautiful, and the coffee is probably even more beautiful. But it's, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's what sets us apart. We've simplified the, the gourmet coffee market. And, and so we're really excited about what that means and how do we take that to the next level. Talk about being Black and being in the coffee industry. Yeah, so... You know, there's the, the again, the coffee industry is is pretty saturated, lots of different coffee brands, but not a lot of black coffee brands. So there's a few of us across um, across the country. And, you know, we're really just recently started breaking into the coffee, the coffee world. You know, the coffee is a commodity. So if you're shipping beans outside of the country, that means a whole lot to, to you know, that means having to understand how do you work with on the Department of Health and how do you work with, you know, commerce, international affairs, all of those things can get a little bit complicated. And are you a roaster? Um, and what does that mean? And so, you know, it also, it also costs there. It is not uh, an inexpensive venture to get into the coffee business. So as a black owned coffee company, we wanted to be thoughtful about, you know, not just, um, how we simplified the coffee, the gourmet coffee market, what our bags and our sensories look like. But we are focused on making a great cup of coffee, but that is black owned, that people get a chance to see it is possible for black people, black families, um, black entrepreneurs to own a coffee business. It's not normally uh, what you would think when you think of coffee, you think international, you think um, Costa Rican coffee, or you think South American, but honestly, mo most most uh, people don't know that coffee was originated in Africa, Ethiopia specifically. So it has just been traded, beans have just been traded and grown across the world, but it started in Africa. So we want to just make sure that people understand that as you're thinking about what type of business do you want to go into, don't limit yourself. We like coffee. We like drinking coffee when we did our individual separate travels. And and if I want to uh, create a coffee company, I'm going to do that. Um, again, there's not a lot of information out there. So we it took us a year to kind of find all the information, find our vendors, find our partners, find designers, and honestly, find capital. Um, as a minority-owned business, um, capital is not always accessible uh, and, and maybe as much as we need. There's there's grants, there's programs, and there's so many programs for entrepreneurs, especially minority entrepreneurs. But oftentimes, you know, we've done all the programs. What we want to get to is the capital. So, um, it, you know, coffee isn't isn't a inexpensive uh, venture or market to get into, but it certainly has been a very rewarding um, inter enterprise for Brad and myself. So um, we applied any minority, you know, black owned coffee company 
which again, there, there's, there's starting to be more of those. Um, but we applaud them for getting the market and, and we support that. And, you know, we don't find it a competition because, you know, people again, consume 166 million bags. If we could just get a portion of that spread out amongst all the black coffee companies, um, I think that, you know, we certainly would be satisfied with that. And, and for your readers who are, who are for, I'm sorry, for your listeners um, who are coffee fans or who do enjoy coffee, um, HuffPost just did a article on how, on a black owned coffee maker. So um, hot coffee was not a part of that article, but it's certainly a great read, something that I would encourage them to to uh, to read. So but if you have if you have questions about the coffee business, if you just kind of want to look on our Instagram, we're at Love Hot Coffee. And so um, we're just getting started, but it's been a really, really wonderful journey thus far. Talk about raising capital. How did you raise the capital? So we did a mixture of, of things. Um, we started off with obviously with our own um, individual capital that, you know, we had been saving. So that's why it kind of took us some time. Our, our, we made our personal investments from our individual um, businesses and things like that. And then we looked at small business loans and what grants were potentially out there. We even looked at maybe potentially doing some fundraising. And so that's not necessarily off the table yet, but we just did kind of a layered approach to our finances. So it was personal mixed with some some very small business loans. Um, and, and, you know, when you're getting, when you start borrowing money, um, it's something that entrepreneurs really need to think about. You know, this is the time to bet on yourself, but you only have yourself to either hold you back or make you win. And you've got to pay that money back. You know, you want to make sure that your business has good business credit. Um, and you may not have that business credit up front going into getting a business loan. So it's really important that we're, we take a very responsible approach to our budget. But we also have to bet on ourselves. And, and you know, nobody's going to work as hard as you are running your own business. So um, the funding wasn't necessarily all available because we were not we weren't a, a full one years old yet. We just, um, again, we're a new coffee company. Most of the funding, you know, that's been established, especially kind of post COVID and during the, you know, the, the pandemic that was made available either through the SBA or small CDFIs, they were looking for companies that had been in business for, you know, two years with two years minimum tax returns. Well, we were a new company. And for those of your listeners who are startups, don't be discouraged about, you know, where do I get the funding? Um, start the business, research grants. There's so many grants out there, um, but look for small startup grants. And then don't put it, be creative in your search for funding. You know, we talk about family members. People say bootstrapping. It's easy to say bootstrapping if you come from a family with lots of money and you come from money, but most of us don't. And so it was important for us to really think about a timeline. Where are we? How much do we spend? Really putting a budget together. And I have a, a finance background. So really understanding my pro formas, um, how much can we spend? Uh, what will we spend? How much will we spend? How much do we need to sell? How much coffee do we need to sell before we break even? And then before we get to our, uh, our true profits. So it's uh the, there's some, there's a little bit of funding out there. You've got to be. It's not a lot for startups, but don't let that discourage you. If there's something you want to do, you know, 
do it. And then I'm telling you, just, you know, be creative with how you how you get that funding, friends, family, Kickstarter, whatever the case. Um, So but there's a little bit out there. So definitely, definitely don't not start a business because of funding. Talk about your actual coffee bean. So, yes. So um, we do have our black, our um, dark uh, roast is an Ethiopian bean. And so it is a really, really great roast. Um, it's, it's again, Ethiopian. And then we have our medium and our light. And those are more South American coffees. Um, South American, Costa Rica, they are beautiful, beautiful uh, tasting notes. So I'll start with the light. The light tasting note is caramel and hints of honey with a little bit of chocolate. And then our... Um, medium, which is also a South American bean, is a kind of a nutty caramel uh, with a kind of a mix of hints of toffee, and that that's actually you know one of my favorites. The medium is one of my one of my favorites, and then of course I, I started with the dark, but the dark is a cocoa cherry and a strawberry toffee um, tasting note. So they're really really rich coffees. Uh, but not so overpowering that people that um, real coffee drinkers will really enjoy it. And I don't, I wouldn't call myself a real coffee drinker. I do love the taste of coffee, but um, I think it's our coffees for everybody. You know, if you're a really coffee connoisseur or you're just, Hey, I just like the smell of coffee and I like to drink it on a, on a cold winter day. We have that as well. Fill in the blank cat. Thank you, Pandemic Because. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's a great question. Um, Thank you, Pandemic, because it gave me some time to, it it gave Brad and myself some time to think about, to have conversations that we might not normally sit down and have the time to have. And we had those conversations over coffee. Um, I think more people were tuned into news stations to global news stations to health news in a way that we hadn't really paid attention to in the last couple of decades um, because obviously we've never really been through a pandemic so you know depending on who you are and what age you are um, but but thank goodness because we were having those conversations about what else is there you know we were sitting at I was sitting at home going to work um, in my office, I work for the city and, you know, I was doing that every day and it just, you know, every single day was kind of the same. And I, I assumed it was the same for a lot of people. And so, you know, Brad and I would, would have kind of our daily conversations. Hey, did you watch the news? Did you see this? Or are you watching, you know, Bloomberg or, you know, we look at the financial markets. We listen to NPR. We listen to various news stations um, to, we just be consuming a lot of different information. And so thank goodness over the pandemic, I drank a lot of coffee because we were having so many conversations over coffee. But what I realized is I'm consuming, I'm, I'm doing all this consumption because we all were, we were all stuck in the house. You, you know, the supply chain was going crazy. We couldn't get what we needed. Um, we were all stuck in the house consuming things but we weren't being the creators of what could be consumed. So we have plenty of those conversations on how do we become 
the 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 creators how do we become the those entrepreneurs that you know people are sitting at home buying our products you know through through a website and what is that what do we like and so it ended up just being coffee because you know we had those coffee conversations we talked about traveling because obviously we couldn't go anywhere so the the pandemic gave us time to slow down um you know have more time with friends have more time with family brad and i certainly spent more time having conversations about you know hey you know what's the last time you traveled what you do when you traveled um when is the world going to go back to normal and that was you know a topic we talked about all the time and we knew that the world may never go back to to being normal but in the moment we've got lots of time and space maybe not lots of time but we've got we've got the space to start thinking about what does a different future look like um you know just not being the consumer but being the the provider of what consumers purchase and consume so thank goodness for the pandemic for that how did you vet your co-founder oh, that's that's actually really such a smart question Thank you for asking that. Um, and I, I wonder how he might answer that as well. And I'm sorry that he couldn't be here uh, this evening. So his son is getting getting all settled in for college and things like that. So he's been really supportive and helpful uh, for that. And his son is at Morehouse. So we're excited, excited about that also. But you know what? It's interesting because you, Brad and I had actually never worked together before. Um, we had been friends. We had met. I was speaking at a, an event that he was attending. And that's how we met. And he was, at the time, Dr. Francis, I was uh, the president and CEO of a chamber of commerce in Metro Atlanta, in one of the uh, the county's fourth largest, in one of the state's fourth largest counties. So I worked with entrepreneurs all the time. Um, And I I did, I ran the chamber for, I was there for about seven years. So I met him and he was, you know, young and and innovative and had all kinds of great ideas. And he's, he's very much so a visionary. Well, I'm very much so a operations doer. I can execute. If you say, oh, I want to do this. Okay, let's put a plan together. Let's put a dashboard, a spreadsheet, whatever you need. I can do that and and start thinking about what does a budget look like? Who are the connections we need to make? What are the compliance areas that we need to be thoughtful about? So it, it wasn't that it was you know, we kind of thought we should do a business together. It was sort of accidental. I saw that, you know, after having, you know, worked with him or, you know, known him for a few years and saw, you know, his drive and he's he doesn't put limits on himself. And as somebody with a finance background, you always kind of limit yourself to what can you afford to do, right? That was always my question. What can we afford to do? And he's like, let's think outside of, of money and, and money's important. I think your listeners should definitely know that money's important and you can't, you know, you can't do a lot without it, but he, uh, he is smart. He's a visionary. He is a visual person that says, Hey, this looks good. Let's do that. And while I don't necessarily have that, eye, um, I am the person that can say, this is, you know, th- these are the resources that we need to put in place to be proactive so that when we get that next, you know, $100,000 order from Target or whatever, you know, next company comes after us and says, hey, we want to buy all of your hot coffee. You know, we have things in place, uh, policies and procedures in place for us to be able to do that and funding in place for us to be able to do that. So 
We didn't necessarily probably do a full vet, but what I will say is this. Um, we did sign an, a partner operations a, a operating agreement because that was really important. I wanted to make sure that I understood his his expectations and I wanted to make sure that he understood my expectations and did our expectations align. Brad and I are different ages. And so I come from a different generation. He comes from a different generation. He is a generation that actually likes to consume coffee um, on the go. He's It's more about convenience for him. Where for me, I enjoy having a cup of coffee at home. So I'm okay with grinding my beans or, you know, maybe having a, a quick K-cup. So, or a single pie cu- uh, cup. But yeah, so, and honestly, I don't know if you'll ever fully vet your business partner. You are always learning because things come up. You try to anticipate certain things coming up. And, and that's certainly, you know, my job, I think my role in our business relationship is to anticipate and be prepared and try to be as proactive as possible, but we can't predict everything. And so we just, we, we have to be patient with each other. We're really thoughtful about if he wants to make a decision. Sometimes I'll say, well, let me sleep on that. And then I'll wake up and give him a call the next morning and say, okay, well, I slept on it. And I, and here's, here's maybe my counter offer or, yeah, I think, you know, I'm okay with, you know, doing this because I figured out some ways that we could make it work. Um, But it is important. It is very important to vet your business partner Um, because, you know, you, there are three things that, you know, Brad and I discussed. And I think this works for a business relationship, even a personal relationship is you need to have three things or at least one of you need to have two of the three, but there are three things and whatever you bring to the table of those three, great. If you bring all three, that's even better. But cash flow, capital, and credit. So we both looked at each other's credit. We were good. We knew that we could get the capital if we didn't have it because of our credit. But we also knew that that capital has to be paid back if you're going to borrow it. So there has to be some cash flow, um, some personal cash flow, wherever that's coming from. So either our businesses or wherever that cash flow was coming from, personal jobs, employment. But we knew that those three things had to be there in order for us to fully uh, not just operate, but actually get a business off the ground and create a product. Because we created a product and that's not an easy thing to do. And there's cost at every turn. So if you are considering going into business with someone, those three things, if you're going, listen, honestly, Dr. Francis, if you're considering going into a relationship with someone, those three things are really important. Absolutely, Kat. And um, I agree with you a hundred percent because I'm thinking when you vet your business partner or partners, it's like a marriage. And so that is so important that you do your due diligence. We want to welcome the listeners in the audience. If anyone has a question um, for Kat, she will be open to take any questions. Um, So we are just really grateful that you guys joined us. So Kat, tell us, what is one thing you wish you knew before starting your business? Oh, yeah. So there's a a few things, actually. Um, But I would say one is it, it, the time it took us to start the business was because we didn't know exactly where to get some of the things that we needed. So how to get a UPC code, you know, if we're going to 
And that's a universal product code. So when you go to the grocery store and you scan the bottom of whatever you're purchasing, that's a UPC code. And so it, it it's read, you can read it no matter what retail store you go to. So how do you get that? It took us some time just to figure out where do you get that? Where, where do you purchase that? How do you get it on your product? You're going to need it if you plan on going into a retail market. So that was one. Um, and then, you know, as, as far as like um, our graphic design, you know, we had all kinds of thoughts about what we wanted to do, but you can't just get a graphic designer that doesn't know coffee. You have to get a graphic designer that knows the coffee business, that knows the grocery or grocery retail business. Because there are things that you are not going to know as a person that says, hey, I want to start a coffee company or I want to start a Twinkie company or whatever the case. Your packaging has to have the right information, right? You know, it has to have where it's distributed, where, um, you know, what the net weight is. You, you know some of those things, but where do you put it? What are the exact numbers that you use? So you can have a really great graphic designer, but it is really helpful if you can find a graphic designer that is in the industry that you're going into. And that was helpful for us. It was really helpful for us. So those, those two things were, were, were big for us. So did you guys have a mentor that helped you guys during this process? You know, I would say, you know, not really. Um, we've, we've had mentors, we've had individual mentors in business. We definitely, you know, kind of went at it alone, um, going back and forth, which is why I think it was great for us to have a business partnership. I'm not sure I would have gotten this far without having Brad as my partner. And I'm not sure he would have gotten this far without without having me as his partner. And mentorship is really, really important. Um, but what we did do, Dr. Francis, is that we listened to lots of, you know, different podcasts. We listened to news about coffee. We research coffee. The one thing I think that was important is that as we started talking about the concept of a coffee company, we started developing a business plan and we started researching who drinks coffee, who drinks the most coffee, where, where do they consume coffee? You know, we would go and sit in coffee shops to find out, okay, how, what's the foot traffic like? Um, what's the street traffic like? You know, what, who are the competitors? Where, who, you know, who are, who's around those coffee shops? Um, what's on the shelves right now? What are the margins of coffee? You know, we didn't have a coffee per se mentor or sponsor to help us enter into the coffee business. But there are so many resources now, whether it's, you know, online or in a, in a, in a podcast like yours with experts, we found information um, based on that. And even on, on Instagram, you know, we we looked and researched as much as we possibly could. So and, and our vendors were very helpful, too. So that was always that to me, that was a, a, a golden nugget to be able to, you know, research, find a vendor. And then that vendor say, hey, well, you got to do this and you should do this. And I can give you some of those referrals. So that was very helpful. Um it would have been helpful probably to have a mentor in some other areas, but we took some classes too. I, I took an e-Cornell program class um, through Bank of America, an entrepreneurship class. That was really helpful. And even though I knew a lot of the what I what I took in the program, 
to be able to articulate some of that to my partner, it was, it was very helpful. So for me, you know, Brad is all about, let's go, let's go, let's go. He is a driver. Well, I'm a driver too, but I'm a conscientious driver. So I really think, and sometimes I may overanalyze and I try not to get analysis paralysis as he, as he might say, but we had a lot of uh, time spent just researching information, um, really great communication. We tried to be very empathetic to each other. I always tried to think about from his perspective, whatever I'm saying to him, how was he receiving that? So I, I had to be really very thoughtful about that. So having a business partner means you've got to be really patient as well. And, you know, you're making decisions together. So we had to learn. And, and if we would have had a mentor, I think a mentor could have sometimes facilitated some of the conversations that me and my partner had, or at least <laughs> refereed some of the conversations. But it, it, it worked out. And But if you can find a mentor, absolutely do that. If there's anyone in the audience that has a question, feel free to let us know. Kat, what do you need right now that you don't have to move the needle forward? Well, you know what? We're going to be introducing our, our single uh, cup, single pot cup coffees uh, in March. So, and which will be compatible with any Keurig uh, brand out there. Um, but I think always more capital and more capital that is, a, is in a grant form. So that we don't necessarily have to pay it back. It's just working, working capital. So that is really helpful. And then I want to make sure people know that we exist, right? We're out there. So, you know, go to our website, go, you know, go to our, um, our Instagram, you know, see our coffee, experience it, you know, give us feedback, um, you know, follow up, share it with your friends at Love Hot Coffee. That's everything. The website and our Instagram. And so, um, but we just want people to consume it. We want people to enjoy it. And it's, we created it for daily enjoyment because that's what we were doing. We were having great conversations during the pandemic and we were enjoying daily great cups of coffee, whether we were enjoying those cups virtually or whether we had the opportunity to see each other in person. And so I want people to enjoy the coffee. I want them to buy it, consume it, share it, um, but really have great conversations over simplified, you know, you know, gourmet cups of coffee and, and that will be hot coffee. And so I, you know, that's what I would like for, for people to, uh, to do, enjoy our coffee. And again, if there are some grants out there that we can apply for, we want to know that too. Kat, what is your zone of genius? Mm, my zone of genius. You know, hard, I'm a hard worker. I think that is, Brad is extremely smart. He's a super intelligent guy. Um, and I think that is very helpful in, in a business partner. Um, but he's also a hard worker as well. Um, I always say, you know, I know a lot. I know a little about a lot of things, but I'm a hard worker. And so I think my zone of genius is that um, I don't have fear about doing the work even if it takes me a little bit longer than others, I'm going to outwork you every time, even if it means staying up till three o'clock in the morning and then waking up at seven. Um, you know, that is really my zone of genius. I learned to be a hard worker. My, my father was a grocery store owner. He built a grocery store with very little education and that turned into several grocery stores when I was a, a, a child. 
before he passed away. And, you know, I've been working, Dr. Francis, I say since I was 11. And, you know, I tell people all the time, if you are a entrepreneur and you have kids, put them to work. It, it teaches them so much. And the benefit of having a family-owned business is that the uh, child labor laws do, do not apply to your own kids. So <laughs> put them to work as well. Um, but I would say that's my that's probably my zone of genius is that I am a hard worker and I have an entrepreneurial spirit, but I also have an entrepreneurial heart. And it, it takes all of that, I think, to bring a business to fruition, especially a product, a product. So what is your weakness? Mm, wow. That, that's a that's a great question. Um I would say maybe not as an entrepreneur, but maybe in a partnership. Um, you know, I don't, I, I'm always delineating the difference between confrontation and conflict, right? Conflict has to be dealt with as an entrepreneur. So um, even, especially in a business partnership and conflict doesn't mean confrontation. It just means conflict. There's, there's a difference happening and you have to address it. Sometimes I I confuse conflict and confrontation, right? Like, so I will avoid it because I may I don't I don't necessarily like confrontation, so I will avoid that. That's probably a weakness of mine. But um, I I certainly you know I think the weakness is the, making sure that I am always focused on delineating. Okay, is this is this a is is this going to turn into a confrontation or is this just conflict that needs to be resolved so we can move on to the next thing? So I try to be very thoughtful about that and make every effort um, to have very clear and transparent communications with my partner. Kat, I want you to have a monologue and I want you to name this person living or not. Okay. And this person has inspired you so much. Name the person and what are you saying to this person? So that will be Fred Lee Taylor Sr. What I'm saying to this person is, one, thank you for pouring into me um, what true entrepreneurship is. Because true entrepreneurship is not just you starting a business and you selling a product. It is you starting a business, you selling a product, you being able to create jobs that employ other people, that inspire other people to also create businesses um, sell products or services and be able to employ more people. And when that happens, we're creating the ecosystem, especially in the black community that allows us to, um, you know, create opportunities for, for our community. And so I'm so very thankful for one, the, the installment of hard work in my life, um, being exposed at a very young age to entrepreneurship, being exposed at a very young age, Dr. Francis, when I was a child, I can tell you who our accountant was, his name, who our attorney was, his name, and who our CPA was, his name. Because my the one thing I learned from my father is, I my father had an eighth grade education. I may not be the smartest person in the room. I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. I just need to know what I don't know and then make sure that the gaps are filled with the people that are experts in that area. So if, again, if Brad and I didn't know something, we went to experts, we, we went to talk to attorney friends, or we went to talk to 
CPAs or we went to the Economic Development Agency for the state of Georgia when we had questions about, you know, how do you bring, you know, coffee outside of the country into, you know, into this country. And so um, I'm so very grateful for curiosity that he instilled in me and hard work. And I think that that makes for a great entrepreneur, you know, stay curious, work really hard. Um, and as long as you're doing those things, you won't really have a lot of limits because you are always going to be asking questions of yourself. Can I do this? How do I do this? Can I do it to this next level? And how do I do it to the next level? And you'll continue to perpetuate those questions and those behaviors, and you will continue to grow in your entrepreneurship journey. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful for my father for, for those things. And we do want to say we are so sorry for your loss. Thank you for sharing that authentic story. I appreciate that. Thank you, Dr. Francis. Kat, we want to talk about legacy. Okay. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? What is that conversation that is being had in the room about Kat? Oh, I, this is this is a pretty easy one. Um if if I eat, you eat was a person, it would be me, right? I'm not, it would be Katerina Taylor. I if I if there's an opportunity that I have and I can create other opportunities for other people from what I've been given and what I've been blessed with, then I'm going to do that. So that is my legacy. How many people have I been able to help, feed, clothe, employ, provide opportunities for their children and their children's children? That is who I that is who I want to be. If I can help you, you know, if there is something that you want to do, something that, you know, you're not exactly sure the right direction, I, I want to connect people to opportunities and not just opportunities, impactful opportunities that change the trajectory of their lives, their business, their families, their wealth. I don't know everything, Dr. Francis, that I certainly don't claim that I do, but I am. I am selfless in the fact that if I have it, I want you to have it too. I'm not a person that uh, wants to compete. Now, I am competitive, but I think it's enough out there for everybody to be successful. And if I hold it for myself, then we'll never fully level the wealth playing field or the wealth gap in America between, you know, uh, the haves and the have-nots. And I want everybody to be a have, but I also want those people to continue to give back. So, that everybody's in a position to take care of their families in the way that my father took care of ours. So that is certainly my legacy. And I think I carry that on for my father as well. Talk about mental health and managing your business. That's such a, a, a right on time question. Um, and, you know, Brad always says, you get so personal with people. Well, Dr. Francis, I'm gonna get personal. Yesterday was Sunday and it was, um, you know, it was, it's been cold where I live. It's been a little bit rainy and a little bit dark and the sun's not coming out. And I think I was just having the winter blues yesterday, but I also knew that I had a lot of things to do with regards to the coffee company. I had a lot of things to do. I, I serve on lots of different boards. So my philanthropic efforts, I needed to complete a lot of things there and I hadn't got to it yet. And I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed because what I really wanted to do was just stay in bed all day, but I knew that I couldn't do that. So mental health is really important because you've got to put yourself first. And I look at 
my life and my business and not my friends and my family, you know, there is a will and I'm in the middle of that will, right? And in, in the, the, there's a circle in, in the will and everything else, the spokes are all of, you know, everything that, that I made of, right? Work, family, religion, spirit, you know, spirituality, all of those things, relationships. And sometimes there are going to be days where I've got to put 80% of all of that into my business. Um, and sometimes, you know, my family's going to need me a little bit more than hot coffee may need me. But in all of that, and in, in trying to find you know, the right amount of myself to give to people, I've got to make sure that I give enough back to myself to recharge. So I am a introvert and Brad is pretty much an extrovert. So he's very energized by people and I really love people. I enjoy people, but I also need to go somewhere and, and, and sit down and be by myself. So, um, and, and re-energize. So Yesterday was kind of dreary. It was dark. I was like, gosh, I, I need some sun. So things that uh, really energize me and you have to really kind of know yourself. So it's important. The sun energizes me. Being out in nature energizes me. For some people, it may be being in the water energizes them, not just the beach, but being actually in a body of water energizes them. Um, being around people may energize uh, you know, other people. So you know, mental health is important because Everything needs me right now. The business needs me. My family needs me. My partner needs me. My business partner needs me to show up uh, when when he needs me to. And I need for him to show up when I need him to. But I also need to make sure I show up for myself. So, you know, prime example, when he was like, hey, you know, my son is going to Morehouse. We got to get him settled. Um, you know, I, I needed I knew he needed to kind of step away and take care of some things. So I needed to be able to, to take care of the business for a short amount of time until he could do all that and, you know, get his son settled. So mental health is, is really important. And as the days are starting now to get a little bit shorter, we, we're getting a little bit more light. I'm craving and, and waiting for daylight savings time to happen and come in March. Because I know that a little bit more sun during the day will give me a little bit more pep in my step. It'll give me a little bit more energy. Um, and right now, the energy that I'm getting is from <laughs> the hot coffee that I drink all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's it's mental health is important. And please take care of yourselves. Think, you know, talk to people if that's what you prefer. But find find what energizes you. Find what makes you feel good. Find what restores you, refreshes you, uh, reinvigorates you. Because you can't be an entrepreneur and have to take care of so many things if you're not taking care of yourself. So that is really, really important. Again, we want to thank the audience for listening. And if anyone had a question for Kat, feel free to let us know. What is the best decision you made as a leader? Oh, gosh, the best decision I have made as a leader is to be empathetic to people. Um, when I was a young leader, a young professional, I, I only thought about winning. And, you know, as a young person, you don't, you know, you come out of college, you get a job and you want to be the best. You want to compete. You want to, you know, move up the, the corporate ladder. Um, but a part of that journey is you're leading people. And whether you're leading people from a management perspective or you're leading people um, from a um, example, right? You're, you're leading people by example, show people empathy, 
Um, I, I had to learn empathy. I don't, it, it was a skill set that I did not have. And I certainly wasn't making an effort to have it until I got a little bit older, um, really looked through my leadership journey and said, you know, I want to, if I'm going to lead people, I want to get the best out of people. And in order for me to get the best out of people, I have to know every individual, where they're coming from, how their, how their night went, how their day was, um, what's their story, what's their history, and have them perform at their highest level, knowing that there could be some trauma, some pain, some whatever the case may be. Um, but I've got to pull from a place that they know they can trust me, that there's credibility there, and that I, and, and that I show them empathy and a lot of care. So I think that's probably my best leadership trait, I, you know, and I have, I stand on two things. I'm fair but firm, and I'm always going to lead and make decisions based in humility and humanity. And I'm humble enough to know that I'm no better than anybody else. We just are all made up of different experiences and humanity because we need so much more of, of, of humanity to be shown to us, especially in our times where, you know, we don't feel all that great and we may not be, we, we may not want to show humanity, but it's, it's the, it's the effort to do it. Um, and you have to. And so I've learned so much about patience, about people um, and, and the kind of leader that people actually want to follow. And so I've tried to be that leader. I, I, I would say that um, I've been successful because I've had successful people. I've, I've helped build careers. And to me, if I can help do that and I can help people's families and I can help change the trajectory of their lives, their wealth, their legacies, that is enough for me. Um, and that is, you know, that is the place that I want to lead from. I, I want to lead from um, from the front when there are things that we need to be concerned about. And I want to lead from the back when there's credit to be given. Very well said. I like that. Kat, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. Gosh, wow, that's a great question. Now that you have created a product and this is the first time you've ever actually created a product that is actually consumable, what next? What's the next thing? I would say to that, I don't know yet, but I know now that I've started this coffee company with Brad and myself, I don't have the fear that I had when I started this coffee company. There's a different level of confidence that I have because I did it. And now you can't tell me that I can't do something else. So the confidence that starting this business, falling, failing, learning, relearning, um, having to get back up has given me a lot of confidence to say, okay, well, I survived that scratch. I survived that bruise. You know, we, we are, we've got this business. Now what is next? So we got a lot of work to do with regards to the coffee company. We want to build it. We want to create other products under the hot coffee brand. But what's been removed from, you know, um, the future is fear, is, is fear of I can't do this because we did it. And I'm so excited and I'm so proud of us to that we got to this point. 
And so, yeah, I, that would be the question. What next? And I don't know what next, but I can tell you, whatever it is, fear won't stop me from getting there. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called Rapid Round of Fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions that I want you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the rapid round of fun? I, I think so. <laughs> Your favorite color? Purple. Your favorite holiday? Christmas. Your ideal car? Oh, uh, a Porsche Cayenne. Your first job? The grocery store, cashier. You relax doing what? Taking naps. Your favorite singer or rapper? Ooh, uh, Kirk Franklin. Your favorite dance song? My favorite dance song? Uh, probably Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> what food you eat every week no matter what? I want to say something healthy, but that's just not true. Probably French fries. Your favorite month? My favorite month, uh, September. I love the fall. It's my favorite season. Workout or hit the couch? Uh, maybe not a workout, but I like to walk. Kat Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, why don't you share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you? Feel free to leave all your social media handles. Thanks, guys. Why, Dr. Francis, thank you so much. Please follow us at Love Hot Coffee at, on social media, and you can reach us at lovehotcoffee.com. That's at lovehotcoffee.com to our website. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. We appreciate you. That's a wrap. Thank you so much, listening audience, for joining us in on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast.